welcome to the Health Tech Podcast. Here we talk about everything healthcare and technology, and I'm your host, James Summary. Hey, really, this week I am joined by Dr. Taha Kasut, and he is the Chief Medical Officer and Director of Machine Learning at Amazon Web Services. So, Dr. Kasut leads the health AI strategy and efforts, including Amazon Comprehend Medical and Amazon Health Lake too. He works with teams at Amazon responsible for developing the science, technology, and scale for COVID-19 lab testing, including Amazon's first FDA authorization for testing our associates, now offered to the public for at-home testing. A physician and bioinformatician, Taha served two terms under President Obama, including the first Chief Health Informatics Officer at the FDA. During this time as a public servant, he pioneered the use of emerging technologies and the cloud, the CDC's electronic disease surveillance, and established widely accessible global data sharing platforms, the OpenFDA, which enabled researchers and the public to search and analyze adverse event data, and Precision FDA, part of the Presidential Precision Medicine Initiative. Taha holds Doctor of Medicine and Master of Science in Biostatistics degrees from the University of Texas and completed clinical training at Harvard Medical School's Beth Israel, how do I say that? Beth Israel Deaconess Medical Center? Deaconess. Deaconess Medical Center. Yeah, that's good. We'll leave that in rather than editing that out. But Taha, it's a a pleasure to have you on. I don't think I've ever done... uh, an intro to, to with such a distinguished background as yourself. That's incredible. The uh, amount of stuff you're involved with now, the amount of stuff you've been through. It's uh, a genuine pleasure to have you on. So welcome, Taha. How are you doing today? Good. Thank you for having me. I hope you're staying safe and really appreciate the, the chat today. Thank you. Uh, doing our best, I would say, over here. Apparently, rumor has it, all of our restrictions being relaxed. But uh, yeah, I continue to be surprised by what we're up to here in the UK and how it's going. But before we digress too far, whereabouts are you speaking to us from today, Tal? Uh So from Amazon headquarters in Seattle, uh, Washington, we have quite a bit of micro environment over here. So it's not freezing, <laughs> but it's, uh, it's, almost, it's almost like Liverpool, if you want a comparison. Okay. Both culturally from rock music and, and also from weather. Nice. Sort of comparison. <laughs> I can relate. I lived I lived in Liverpool for two years here in the UK, so uh, I can certainly relate. What a fantastic city. If Seattle is half the city Liverpool is, you're doing very well. But Taha, honestly, it's, it, it, it's a pleasure to have you on, sir, and uh, I'm completely and utterly looking forward to hearing about your background and what you guys are up to at AWS, because, yeah, it's I guess AWS is it's a company that I see the name of all the time. It seems that quite a lot flows through AWS and it'd be super interesting to hear what, what you guys have got going on from a health tech perspective. But if you could do us the pleasure, sir, of telling us a bit about you and a bit about your story. Absolutely. So um, I'm an interventional cardiologist by background and by a statistician. I've always been fascinated by the role of computers in advancing medicine. I mean, it's, this is something, oh my gosh, goes all the way back to my early teenage years when I got my hands on the first one of, among the first, not the first, among the first uh, Sinclair ZX Spectrum. This is the time where you, you debug your code by listening to a tape recorder and, and uh, all the beeps and making sure that you didn't mess <laughs> up your basic sort of algorithm. And, and uh, it was quite fascinating. It was also it was quite fascinating. You can only write like 99 pages of TV. 
because you had to hook it up to your TV in a room. And of course, everybody just, you only had one TV in the of house course. and everybody fighting for that of course. one TV. So <laughs> and that's where, where you become a night owl because you want to wait for everybody to, <laughs> to go to sleep and just kind of hook up your computer. And then I hacked my way by like getting like the right tape recorder. So that was a Sony Walkman at the time. Because nice. I had the perfect sort of uh, way about, uh, you know, a synchronous way about like you know writing the code but i only had 128 kilobyte that was that was basically it was the hard drive wow. it was the, the ram it was everything <laughs> so so yeah i learned how to, yeah so that those were my early days and and i would write like all sort of physics laws and figure out how like you know the you can figure out how the light goes through a prism and how it kind of diffuses wow. from there and or hits the surface of water and whatnot and and, and i just kind of would geek out on my own of that, but fast forward uh, to to really what excelled me in my career was was um, when all my colleagues during medical school trying to get their MBAs or shortly after they graduated, I really focused on biostatistics because uh, I always had ambitions for, especially like if you're if you're a cardiologist, I mean, you're trying to invent on so many levels, introducing medical devices and like stents at the time and 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 and. Uh, uh, TPAs and stuff like that. I mean, you needed large multi-center clinical trials around the world. This was right around the cusp of the internet. And uh, so doing that was, was incredibly hard at the time. But but to be able to do that in ways where you can design the right trial and, and cardiologists known to design really large trials. But uh, when it comes for population uh, level trials, I mean, there's all sort of biases and equities and, and that you had to really distill. So uh, I was I was really lucky to work on uh, you know one of the early uh, trials introduced heart stents here in the United States the both trial balloon versus uh, optimal atherectomy trial uh, shortly after I worked on the uh, basic study which was one of the largest population health study uh, you, can, you can call them population trials that really looked at the health equity for various uh, backgrounds of a population. Uh, with regards to not only access to care, but also uh, predispos- predisposition of risk scores and all sort of things, uh, risk factors rather for, for example, more severe strokes early uh, in certain sectors of the population. So, so I, I did that for almost uh, the study ran for almost three years in Corpus Christi. So we were able to kind of assess different kind of ethnicity backgrounds and that sort of thing. And till today is one of the most cited sort of background information about how you can really assess assess a population so i mean when you think about all those all those really try to kind of you know understand the value of the data and how you can design these large trials and share biases and information it becomes a really good background to have in advance in science so so that's that's a bit of my you know like how i got into to sort of uh, becoming gimmicky and cool in the same time <laughs> you know i mean nobody nobody cared about machine learning well well not yeah. yet anyway but if I may, a quick question. So at that fork in the road where you've done some medical school, you know you're interested in health, you've got this ambition about a broader purpose, population health, you see your colleagues doing MBAs and taking that road. Talk to me about that decision then to focus on statistics because I know the reason I ask, I know a lot of people that are a a fork in the road deciding what to do. Now, this isn't a case of you convincing everybody to do statistics, but I'm interested in your framework here. I'm interested in there's a a more common path, a more trodden path of people doing a thing which leads to a thing, and that that may be more trodden and more well-known, but you've obviously done something that 
perhaps just fitted your interests more, that you had more passion for, yours, or maybe you saw a different route, I don't know. But talk to me about that decision. Why, why combine medicine with statistics specifically? As you know, from medical school and from my medical training as well, and yours as well, I mean, there's a lot baked in our, a lot of knowledge baked in our experience. Yeah. I honestly cannot imagine being a doctor without understanding uh, what backs every decision you make. Mm. You know, in those are days, no one was talking about value base and evidence base. I mean, you, you, you took things for granted. And so sometimes you even like would try to do certain things and would be, would defy the norm. And, and later on, the, you know, the more data you collect, the more data can show. But what was really uh, important to me was like, I mean, for example, like, I mean, if you, there's a lot of context in medicine. Like when you evaluate a, a case, oftentimes you ask, you have to go through many differential diagnoses. And, and oftentimes you might request a lab because, you know, is this, a, is this a, you know, a sore throat? Well, is this bacterial? Is this uh, viral? I mean, okay, well, let me do culture. So you do the culture and it's negative. Okay, well, let me just lean in more on the viral. And so if you, if you look at that sequence of events, clinicians are trained for that context and to take actions based on that context and, and collect additional more information and, and, and go, on, go on from there. But like the classic ostler would be like, you know, a good doctor would treat a patient, but a great doctor would treat the underlying condition that mm-hmm. the patient would have. And this is really like sort of the essence of precision medicine. If you look at even the classic books, <laughs> fever presents itself in 2000 conditions. So, so, so you can't just look at, at that without really like much larger context. And, and someone showing up in emergency room with a headache is one thing. It was bad enough to show up in an emergency room. Someone showing up with a worse headache in their life to emergency room. That's probably something you got to put a different kind of weight to it. So if you take that, as simple as analogy as that, I'm a missionary by, by nature. So I always, and this is honestly why I love, you know, when I came to Amazon, it's a missionary, customer-obsessed sort of culture. Focus on the mystery trying to solve and work backward from that. And, and, and shame on us if we don't ask the right questions. So that, that was sort of like really what helped me um, excel both in medicine and, and pioneer there with regards to like heart stents and introducing these sort of semi-interventional um, uh, uh, ways. Uh, but at the same time, really at the population level, see, see the impact and, and backing up health equity as an issue, access to care as an issue with data, predicting someone is not going to show up to the next uh, visit because they, by looking deeply into the issue, well, you know, they require two bus transfers and they can't afford that. So, so what else can we do? You know, should you just offer them free bus, uh, you know, passes and that sort of thing, and especially for their child and whatnot, and, and um, you know, socioeconomic statuses and other things. Those are, I mean, probably about 70% of, if you want to predict the outcomes, lie somewhere over there because a lot of different choices come through that. So data is essential to everything we do, like from, from discovery all the way through um, prevention, prevention and treatment. And ultimately, like really what, what you want to offer is, is offer equitable care and, uh, at scale and, and be able to uh, provide as many options as possible because everyone is unique in their circumstances and their backgrounds. And, and that's ultimately how you can get even folks to kind of engage with their health and engage with their journey, uh, given the limited options they might have otherwise. So how did such a role, I mean, the title of your role, you know, director of, is it director of AI machine learning and chief medical officer at AWS? I mean, how does a role like that even get advertised? How do you even spot a role like that? How do you, how do you interview for a role like that? I know Amazon, they like to do a fair few interviews from a few people that I've spoken to, even at uh, my humble level, (laughs) or would be so at Amazon. But I'm I'm interested in that process. 
Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, first of all, we really don't care about titles. I mean, it's it's uh, it's it's really more about like the role itself. Sure. So, so the, the great thing is, and I mean, if you think if you think about the future, uh, the future of healthcare is so vibrant and, and dynamic right now that it's so dependent on kind of on machine learning, cloud, and computing, which, as I mentioned, invented by Amazon, also big data. And, and if you look at the last decade, there was a lot of you know, we went from something like 15% of, of adoption medical records to where it is today, about 98% here in the U.S. And I know that's the same is true globally, especially with healthcare providers are more uh, run as, as government systems and, and that sort of thing. So, and medicine generates vast amount of data that are currently exceeding our capacity to process and use them. So, so naturally, if you go back to my early example about how we're trained around context, I mean, healthcare data in, in, by nature is sequential. Uh, because you're trying to kind of sleuth around to find the right answer over time, and unstructured in nature, a lot, a lot we're trained to take a lot of notes. Uh, if you look at the medical images, are are unstructured. The notes about those are unstructured. Uh, comes in all sort of forms and and formats, and that sort of thing. And and that's what's so wonderful about about machine learning. So so the intersection intersection of that and application machine learning to that problem, to help normalize structured information in order for you to index and so you can build better models you can design better trials you can uh, have uh, uh, better analytics on the population as a whole becomes really more of a natural uh, fit there so so if you think about uh, you know and of course you know uh, it all depends about how the data needs to flow and where it's flowing and and flow at the right time so that way it protects people's privacy because Health data is very personal. So, so, so everything around, you know, interoperability, um, uh, security, identity management, even differential privacy, uh, where data shouldn't should reside within within institutions, but maybe maybe signals about that data can be shared and that sort of thing, uh, is going to become part of this this future. So, so my role coming to Amazon was really about how we can uh, build a strategy around that and help shape about. Um, uh, what we can offer in uh, for for our customers and and, and what I want to say with customers, I mean it's our immediate customers typically are software developers, data scientists. We're on a mission to democratize uh, you know availability of the cloud to the world. We are on a mission to to make machine learning as boring as possible. Anyone should be able to pick it up because uh, because this this is a digital transformation that's only going to happen once in a, in the history of human being and with more and more massive amount of information. Uh, you really want to be able to ground uh, machine learning in ways that can really a helpful tool, similar to how the stethoscope for a physician been so helpful over, over 200 years. So uh, so how can you really kind of take um, these oppor- opportunities and of equal importance, how we can also you know take them and use these technologies responsibly, uh, So uh, which is key to fostering uh, this this continued in, uh, innovation, and and specifically, I mean, we've been on it on a journey to develop. We make a material investment in this space. I mean, we, in in designing purpose-built machine learning services. Uh, so, for example, if you look at uh, you know using machine learning enabled chatbots for uh, contactless screening, we use, we saw that a lot during COVID for symptom checking to answer questions from the public, but even to help distribute vaccines and and that sort of thing um uh, anywhere about we can see machine learning models being used to analyze large volumes of data to forecast spread of covid uh, covid19 uh, or even use it in the field for medical imaging like uh university of california uh, davis were able to use uh, machine learning to extract relevant information from unstructured text and and look at um, just x-rays to really help triage 
patients into the you know who, who might be uh, going to develop pneumonia and, and be able to triage them much quickly and so, so it's really inspiring to see how we so, sort of stand on the shoulders of giants i mean amazon has been at the journey of machine learning for over 20 years i mean it's, it's baked into our supply chain into every package you received and that sort of thing where aws over the last five years invested heavily made making material investment in in democratizing machine learning and AI and, and, and more so the last two years of these purpose-built services to kind of bring that to every industry possible. I mean, for example, I mentioned um, uh, to you about like, uh, if you look at, um, you know, some of our services like Amazon Comprehend Medical, that was one of the first purpose-built services in, in, me- uh, in, in the medical field to help analyze and, and structure medical notes radiology reports and that sort of thing, and then map them to the right disease ontology or drug ontology or concept ontology. Uh, Amazon Transcribe Medical that can uh, help, uh, and we saw a lot of that during COVID with telemedicine uh, applications, with chatbot applications, and, and even customer support would requires a lot of like you know prescription uh, refills and that sort of thing. Uh, where you have context-aware service that can really understand that medical language and structure that information. So that way you can uh, now analyze that information at scale uh, s- securely. Uh, last year, we introduced a uh, new uh, web service uh, called Amazon HealthLake. This is an analytic service. And, and the goal there is how can you uh, help uh, structure and index uh, health information and organize it in a way that maps to... Um, uh, to uh, to health standards, but also then uh, be able to analyze that information at scale and then surface that information back in, in standard-based APIs so that way you can, uh, you know, whether, whether software developers are building applications for population health analytics or for uh, patients having unfettered access to their information through apps and that sort of thing, they'll be able to do that securely and at scale. Uh, but the journey will continue. I mean, when you look at the vast majority of the data from medical images to genomics information to various information to proteomics and whatnot, uh, there lies ahead a lot of heavy lifting for these customers, whether in life sciences or uh, healthcare or the payer industry. And, and those who serve those industries, like from system providers as, uh, and software engineers and data scientists whatnot, where we want to take um, sort of uh, the complexity out of the equation with regards where you can actually use those services, almost all enabled by machine learning, uh, all HIPAA eligible, and then be able to just start focusing on the science or focus on the applications that you're trying to build or focus on the analytics that you're trying to, uh, to derive insights from, from the information. Many bioinformatics uh, genomics tools right now are containerized, require really reading and writing large amount of data. Mm-hmm. But as I mentioned, bioinformaticians are not cloud architects, they're scientists. So, so our purpose was uh, to open source a toolkit uh, called the Amazon Genomics CLI that helps these customers that are new to the cloud and new to uh, AWS to be able to run their genomics work workflows in the cloud by automating all the deployment of best practice infrastructure uh, for workflow engines. And if you look, for example, UC Santa Cruz Genomics Institute finds the AGC to be very useful in developing and testing uh, those workflows. And so they can really focus on, on the science. But that just kind of give you like a just a, a some of the purpose-built services that we're building, and also we have more more uh, genetic services that that are machine learning, like the Amazon SageMaker to help. Uh, this is an end-to-end product uh, to help um, 
developers be able to identify, uh, you know, uh, wrangle, you, you know, be able to prepare their data, do data wrangling, uh, identify any biases in, in, in the data before they even start building their models, and then give them the right um, tools, including auto-generating, uh, auto-generated tools, machine learning tools that can suggest um, how best to build, train, and deploy the machine learning quickly on healthcare data, not just in the cloud, but also at edge. We see that a lot with medical imaging company and whatnot. Uh, Amazon Kendra is another really another uh, awesome uh, smart search uh, that provide highly accurate intelligent enterprise search service that powered by machine learning, where many pharma uh, and life science companies find it incredibly uh, powerful especially when, when you deal with large internal knowledge bases where the data can be scattered throughout entire organization and so many different sort of stores and that sort of thing. And, uh, but be able to find answers quickly and, and, and be able to sort of uh, do the right uh, uh, linkages and that sort of thing. And Amazon Textrack, which, which helps extract text and data from virtually any medical document, including document forms and images and PDFs, which, which constitute also a large amount of um, uh, the information in healthcare. But I mean, just 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 a flavor of, of some of the things that we're working on. So like working backward, each one of these services have unique uh, set of features, uh, almost all enabled by machine learning to really help solve a, uh, you know, uh, a concrete problem, whether how it can you know, help you structure and, and index a medical text and, and map it ontology or structure a form or structure an image or help you build an end-to-end uh, pipeline mm-hmm. for building uh, better predictors like you know the work we did with Cerner about predicting heart failure 15 months in advance and how can you really validate that um, you know on a much much larger population um, uh, throughout geography and, and 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 backgrounds and and look at various characteristics so it can really have more confidence in the model so those are the types of sort of microservices or platforms we offer the industry to build on. It's quite interesting. I mean, you used the phrase purpose-built services, which is quite telling. And one question that I had written down that I was going to ask you is to figure out what Amazon, you know, AWS was doing was I was going to ask you what problems are you solving? It's actually extremely clear <laughs> what problems you're solving because you've quite literally built these, what you described as microservices, although I doubt they're that micro in terms of the, the impact that they can have. But you've described things that can pull text out of, you know, unstructured data and documents. You've uh, you've talked about open source tools to crunch data. You've talked about your data lake, the health lake, where you're going to structure and index health information, push that back in standard APIs for apps and population programs, the rest of it. So it's quite clear to me that you guys are going in at the level of enabling. You're enabling a lot of other people, as you said, or as you said before, you're enabling the scientists to actually just focus on the science. What you're seemingly trying to do is just take away the nonsense that quite often, you know, the entrepreneurs trying to build companies around this and technology around this have to deal with. I mean, you you mentioned at the top, you know, uh, interoperability and security. I mean, goodness me, the amount of problems that those two things can cause, the amount of cyber attacks that we've had here in the UK in the last three, four years, like the, the, the numerous and consistent interoperability issues that we constantly have as a massive barrier to innovation by very well-meaning 
clinicians, technologists, when those people come together, engineers, data scientists, computer scientists, all those people are stumped by the same things. It sounds to me like at AWS, you're actually there to break down those barriers. And actually you're there at that kind of platform level to give everybody that platform on which they can then springboard off to go and uh, crunch the data to form uh, you know, the impact, essentially. Have I got that right? No, absolutely. And and the great thing about purpose-built services, and they are still services, but they, they pack a lot more features to help simplify the experience. Yes, simplify, yeah. To help you with security and interoperability and structure the medical text, for example, as first priority order, and then present that information in a canonical model that maps to, um, to healthcare um, representation model, and then expose that back in APIs, that modern base, so... You know, software developers, if you've seen like the, these APIs, I mean, they're for development. Uh, they're not static pages or PDFs and that sort of thing. So that gives you the flywheel around that. Suddenly becomes it's almost like a new set of these purpose for services, new set of services enabled by other services as well uh, to 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 do that. And 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 like if you look at, for example, Moderna, I mean, using machine learning built on AWS, they were able to develop this mRNA. Um, COVID-19 vaccines with unprecedented speed. I mean, within 48 hours, yeah. when the sequence of yeah. the virus was, became online, they were able to run all these different um, uh, sort of um, uh, billions of, of simulation to be able to find the right chemical structure. And then within 45 days to clinical grade, 65 days was in arms of people in clinical trial. It was the same thing they identified the first 48 hours, doing all that work on AWS. Is what FDA approved by the end, the end of that year. I mean, we never heard of something like this before. I mean, your life and mine, like, you know, something like this would take what 10, 15 years. <laughs> yeah, those are the things that we're doing. And 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 similarly, by the way, when it comes now, like, with, with you know, what's next in the future? You're going to see mm-hmm. a lot more with all this digitization. A lot of digitization has happened in the last decade, uh, but to make sense of that data is is the next challenge and opportunity. And and this is really where we're at the Helm of that with, with introduction with uh, the Amazon Genomics CLI, with, with Amazon Health Lake, Amazon Comprehend Med- Medical, and all those are solving concrete problems. But together, the constellation of those is larger than the sum, uh, some, some of, uh, of, those, of, of those parts. And, and drug discovery becomes one, one of really critical things where a lot of our pharma companies and innovators and startups are doing a lot of that work and on, on AWS. Like, because if, if you take six Lego bricks. Um, it's possible to construct them probably about, about a billion, billion point one <laughs> unique configurations. So, so if you try to design such molecules, that's a really complicated but a thrilling task. And this is where, where like, you know, the platforms we're developing like Amazon SageMaker and, 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 and other things really lend a hand about how you can find that needle in a haystack. And it's a challenge to identify novel molecules, you know, and with the right required properties and how can you really yeah. have the help of a knowledge graph enabled by machine learning to help you organize, index and organize yeah. information, but also help you find novelty in those. But if you want to replace the BRICS analogy with atoms and then scale that to the number from six to the more typical <laughs> size of a drug-like molecules, which is 20 to 30, heavy atoms, I mean, the size then the space expands dramatically to truly uh, astronomical properties. And, and, and but the, what's, what's, what's so wonderful about that is you always want to have the human in the loop. So, so the expert, the chemist, or the, uh, the, the researcher, or the scientist in the loop, 
so, so if I'm able now to, to uh, help them uh, organize and index all that information in ways that they can now distill it, but also find new discoveries. Synthesis of new molecules don't even exist in nature that might mimic nature and then be able to kind of benchmark that. This is work we've done with Roche uh, about how we can uh, really start benchmarking to, to uh, you know, some of these synthetic mo molecules. How can they actually map that to real outcomes and, and real data? And, and during during COVID, there was a lot of innovation what we've done on this on this side, like even just contributing back to humanity and the larger community with where we open source a knowledge discovery library during COVID for repurposing existing drugs and their potential impact and treatment pathways. Um, so 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 uh, that was one of one of really great things that we take pride into taking a lot of the knowledge that you know our scientists and engineers are doing, uh, and how can we also help these customers. Um, ask the right questions, but also show them, show them the art of the possible. What, how, how else can you take what we've built to answer much, much, much harder problems? That that's that's, that's really exciting. That's awesome, Anna. I, I have one question. I mean, all these tools. Um, who who has access to all of this stuff? So you know, you're talking about lots of different tools here, and all of which can be used on things like drug discovery or, or certainly to, to help innovate in a variety of ways. What's the, wh who has access to this? Because we're talking about scientists, we're talking about entrepreneurs, we're talking about these people that can use this to, to create impact. I mean, who has access and how does one go about getting access? Yeah, so, so all you need is an AWS account. Um, but the typical customer is a software developer, a data scientist, uh, a scientist, a researcher. Um, all those can, can have access to these tools. And and um, uh, and uh, as I mentioned, no need for background machine learning or even uh, uh, cloud computing. Uh, we, I mean, there's a lot of uh, work that happens also through our Amazon Web Services Partners Network that can can lean in. We we launched a initiative AWS for Health last year to highlight thousands of these applications uh, in the world solve um, various problems in, in 16 different ca broad categories that you can use those as reference uh, use cases. A lot of our solution architects lean in heavily in working together with customers um, to really show them how to put these pieces together or even lean in and help solve problem architect um, you know solution uh, uh, in the right way, but uh, you know, if we want to want to carry the journey of democratizing how Amazon invented the cloud to really democratize access to large compute and and resources uh, resources at scale and 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 that is affordable. Um, the, the same the same goes with machine learning. I mean, the machine learning that does has settled on few areas that really really are um, uh, critical, especially in, in healthcare. You know. Um, the, the, the pattern recognition, natural language processing, understanding, and and and, and predictions; those are real three key areas where, when you're dealing with large unstructured and sequential information, can help you uh, structure index that information in ways. Now you can build better products and better services uh, uh, in in healthcare and, and life science. And we saw that throughout COVID. We see continuously more innovation now in in in, in in areas we, we didn't even think possible, like you saw with Moderna and, 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 and mRNA vaccine. Uh, what's next, right? So the future, I believe, is bright, and this is why I believe uh, you know, machine learning in the cloud and, and, and big data would be critical, uh, you know, how uh, democratizing access to the tools 
to can help you uh, bring this at scale uh, without uh, requiring any infrastructure investment or capital investment in that, without requiring deep expertise in machine learning at all. Um, uh, and then uh, offering that at the global uh, footprint that AWS has globally. Um, I think there's there, there's a great um, uh, stride here to be uh, uh, sought after for you know seeing what's what's going to happen in, in the next decade. And we're seeing a you know tidal wave of healthcare uh, providers and payers and life science organization really start moving their data to the cloud because they want to realize that value in the data, um, uh, which is a lot of it is is unstructured today and and how these tools can help them. Amazing. That word democratizing seems to be a bit of a theme in terms of, you know, how you guys are structured and what you're trying to do and, and yeah, the impact that you're trying to make. And it sounds awesome. But Taha, it's been a pleasure having you on. Thanks so much for coming on and telling us all about what AWS are up to. I've definitely learned a lot about what you guys are doing. I, I didn't know the scale of what you were doing in terms of all of those purpose-built services as, as you described them. There's there's so much value and utility to them um, and particularly around the impact that they're likely to make. So I wish you all the best with everything that you're up to. Uh, and finally, for those people that might want to get in touch with you or to find out more about what AWS is doing, what's the best place for them to find out more information? Uh, we publish everything we do. Um, uh, uh, I'm on LinkedIn, I'm on Twitter and, and uh, follow the AWS channel. We have a lot of awesome things. And of course, thank you so much for hosting us today hopefully i can you know we provided more information i love it thank you taha it's a pleasure hey everyone thanks for listening and making it all the way to the end of this episode remember to subscribe rate us and leave a review and you can head to the description of this episode to follow me on all of my social media so you don't miss out on any of the latest health tech content